Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Miami Nice. You are listening to part two of our episode with Veronica Fitzpatrick from Brightwall Darkroom. Yes, she is, she's a really great guest. We're very lucky to have her back, Katie. And um, I'm excited for you guys because what you're going to find out about Miami Nice episodes, if you're not like, if, you, if you, this is kind of your first episode listening, or if you're an enduring listener, you'll find that Katie and I get progressively sillier. So the part twos of these episodes are usually more and more unhinged, more and more wild. Um, really looking forward to you guys catching uh, up with this one. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. what differentiates i think collateral like it in part although it's doing these stages and you mentioned firstly like daniel the jazz guy getting killed and mm-hmm. barry shabaka henley and i think that that was there were these moments there's moments in the movie where it's like um you unlike in speed well you sort of get tastes of that and like i feel like that jazz scene even though it comes sort of after the first killing and the realization that he's really that bad it's almost the it's almost the scene at the beginning of the film where like um at the beginning of speed that is where um keanu has that relationship with the, with the bus driver and they're talking mm-hmm. to each other and then the bus explodes like it actually yep. gives you a clue of, to the you know to the evil of the villain mm-hmm. and and i think that that's like we finally see that you make the assumption that he's not just going out of the cab and like doing this very clean and clinical hit that mm-hmm. he's taking a perverse pleasure to have to lure people into conversations to talk about the things they love to to stroke their ego and then just go straight for the kill and and so i i i love that and and then having an audience and watching vincent perform his role for max mm-hmm. is so outstanding this movie so i want to talk about that performative aspect because on both of those like everyone talks about hopper's performance as being ham but i'm like he knows what oh. speed is so much more than people give him credit for that he's just having a ball chewing scenery and giving you everything you could possibly want out of a movie villain totally i mean my one of my favorite things about speed not to make this like a speed episode but one of my favorite things about speed is (laughs) that it's really radical for the villain i find in a film like that to be this like white man over 50 in a police uniform like that that's what he puts on to kind of appear and abuse his power um, by way of like accessing proximity to Sandra Bullock's character at the end of the film. Like, that's a really profound moment when we sort of have the rack focus and see him on the street in uniform, this uniform that's been on a mannequin in the background of his like lair, like the entire film. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think Speed for me is a movie that's so memorable because of those little kind of loaded moments and Collateral 2, I think, has a lot of little loaded moments like that, um, some of which sort of work to build, I think, 
like uh, to make Vincent more loathsome, but then other ones that sort of uh, traffic in the Tom Cruise charisma, the sort of like filmic, extra filmic charisma that he can't help, I think, bringing to a lot of roles, if not all of them. And um, I'm thinking specifically of when he is in the club. Also, having seen Dead Reckoning Part 1, it's really nice to see a well-shot club scene. Like, it's just, <laughs> what a pleasure to see a party that looks like a party. Um, but anyway. Yeah. And, Look, and, we can say this know. unequivocally. <laughs> the cartels do put on a better club than AI. You know, oh, like, like if, there, <laughs> totally. if this is anything we can say is that real cartels, they know how to throw a party. They yeah. know how to throw a party. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's um, funny. When he, like, you know, in the process of lots of things, it's certainly not only this, but ends up saving Max's life in the kind of like chaotic shootout. And then we have this like shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, where we see him <laughs> meaningfully squint <laughs> at Max. It's like, uh, it's a it's a kind of like open-ended moment, but I just think collateral, like a lot of other man films, just hangs on the like loadedness and memorable quality of moments like that. And they're often like really enigmatic, you know? They there's a yeah. lot of promise there in terms of signification, but it's not necessarily explicit. And as a you know, passionate like appreciator of the implicit i think um it really does it for me stuff like that i love that a passionate appreciator of the implicit um this is a little bit of a tangent but i just i did a q a with iris axe for passages mm. cool this great sexy love it. triangle movie um where franz rogowski is just an absolute menace um it's so good though but he, it was interesting because in the conversation, you know, he basically uh, it, like expressed our view, which is like, fuck plot um, mm -hmm. without me leading him there. But he was just like, you know, like no one cares about plot. And I said, I said, I just go vibes. And he kind of <laughs> looked at me like, uh, and then he goes impressions. And Ooh. I thought that was a really interesting way <laughs> to put it, which is, and, and as you're describing this moment with Cruz in the club, and this implicit, I think what we're talking about is impressions and like mm. things that you can't get out of your mind after you see a film or, or mm. a moment or a feeling or just like a flash of an image. And I think that's what filmmakers or like good filmmakers mm. are striving for is that thing that gets inside of you, not that you're sitting there going, and then he does this, and then they drive here, and then, you know, no one gives a shit about any of that. Like, they, it's like, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think that is an interesting way to, to put it as well. Vibes I love impression. that. Impression. Yeah. I love impression. that it was like, I see your vibes, and I raise you. I raise you. you. <laughs> Impressions? That's yeah. so good. You know, there's a moment that's stuck Katie out to Walsh me. All Katie Walsh Q&As, I'm sorry, Veronica. All Katie no, no, Walsh no, Q&As sound like the card game in Casino Royale. You know, she's Sick. just there. Like, <laughs> she's just there, like, looking like Mads Mikkelsen, Le Chiffre, just, like, dropping bombs, and she just goaded out this amazing interaction. I love yes, that. Yes, I, I think, actually, and, and not to... Uh, uh, this maybe is going to come off a little bit weird, but... 
Uh, being a, a younger woman doing Q&As with like older men, I think they often have, and Ira's lovely, I, I, he's the best. We had a great time. I think that they cannot help but try to correct me mm. a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I will say something sort of like out of pocket and then they're like, no, 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 this. But it actually makes the Q&A a little bit more lively and fun because otherwise it's mm -hmm. just them being like, well, then we did this and then we did that. And then if I say something that's just like kind of wacky, then they're like, wait, no, I have to correct you, young woman. Um, so <laughs> so uh, it just like brings a little bit more frisson to the energy. Beautiful. And that's not saying that I'm trying to like say wacky stuff. I just, as you guys can tell, it just comes out of my mouth. I can't control it. <laughs> but, but um, I think, you know, Katie, I, I like to keep it energetic. Katie, you've just described that's one reaction where Katie's there and she's goading things out and she's trying to say things to get great stuff out. And I feel like that's more the Veronica conversation. But if you listen back to some of Katie's episodes, sometimes it's like Tom Cruise using a radio and, and like demanding that someone interacts, you know, like I think in our last episode with Joe Lynch, Joe was like fluffing around and Katie's like, like, Give me the freaking radio I'm and like, she's like get to the, the point get to the question <laughs> and i and i'm here like <laughs> <laughs> gleefully doing that um there was anyway <laughs> there was just one thing i want to talk about is you guys are touching on something that i try strive to articulate and it's hard and it often takes time and i think that that's why i'm drawn to these more lengthy um these more lengthy unpackings and like over time where you can revisit things more frequently is because there are things in movies that get me all the time that aren't about plot and even go like beyond that it's actually these movies that we end up talking about for so long i can't describe the physical like emotional reaction like i feel like it's like have you heard about those like you know on like debates and stuff where people use a little like a slider yeah. where they're like i like this or i don't i like this yeah. or i don't and i feel like that's such a plot driven story mm. blah blah like it's such a, a limited way of looking at things whereas i feel like strap a like a heart monitor onto me or like one of those like you know those things that you put on mm. your head to measure your brain activity where i'm not touching anything i'm not doing anything and I feel like the the movies that resonate with me the most, it's just like a little thing where just something happens and your body goes and like buzzes and like this implicit thing where you're like, oh, I'm completely in on this and then it's gone. And I think the best movies are like, it, it, it looks like a heartbeat because it's just like every mm. next scene, there's some amazing thing. And it's not the plot, it's a lingering pause. It's mm. a squint yeah. of like recognition. It's a... A pang of disappointment it's a it's a little bit of interiority it's like it's the space between max saying i've been driving a cab for like 13 years or whatever he says and then vincent going like repeating it like oh you know you've been doing this for six months to start your new business like 13 years like and then the pause between those two moments that's when my you know the, the internal activity of my body just gets, like this yeah. scene the silence so i think that that's such a great way those impressions where you're like bang okay this is it this is exactly and i think one of those moments is when vincent sees the coyote oh yeah because <laughs> yeah. i think we can yeah. like kind of conjure up not just the way his face looks in that scene, but like kind of the feeling yes. of danger and uncertainty, but also just like 
he's like becoming his like feral self. Yeah. Yeah. Recognition. Yeah. 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 So weird. What a like fairy tale moment to stick in there, you know, yeah. proto flea bag season two kind of stuff. You gonna call her? Oh, you know, your lady friend, the one who gave you a business card. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. What? Pick up the phone. Life's short. One day, it's gone. You and I make it out of this alive. You should call her. That's what I think. to think we love to think that Fabi Waller Bridge loves collateral um but yeah. yeah we'd love that um I'm gonna go on a tangent a weird one is um I was in Africa traveling my wife on a honey on our honeymoon and there was a moment on one of our safaris where we were there where we saw a jag like we were on a night drive and we saw a jaguar wow and we were in this open everyone's gonna probably be freaking out at this we're in an open truck okay so no doors soft top we pull up to a Jaguar on a hill through this park. We've been driving around watching. We we're looking at lions and stuff like that. And we pull up and we see this Jaguar and the Jaguar has to be, um, I, I forget that our American audience is not going to get this. It's like, let's just say three meters away, four meters away. So probably 20 feet, not far away from us at all. And we were there we were taking photos and we were just like in awe and it was amazing. We got these great shots. We get back to our camp and we're sitting back next to a fire and we're all like on a buzz. It's late at night and we're buzzing and we're having a few drinks and we're like, wow, that was amazing. We saw this thing. And the driver was sort of sitting there silently and he was sort of nodding and it was a local guy and he just goes, yeah, that was, that was really hairy. <laughs> and we're like, what? You're like, like, oh my God. He's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> You can't trust Jaguars. He's like, when I didn't know what, I didn't know if we we're going to have to drive away. I didn't know what he was going to do, but I knew you guys wanted the photo. <laughs> and we all like, it was that moment where we're all like, oh, yeah, here we are as stupid tourists, like taking a photo of this thing that's just kind enough to roll you, like, up for a photo. Like just don't realize how danger, how much danger you were. We had no idea. <laughs> and then that moment of him just like sitting by the fire kind of decompressing from the fear that he was feeling which is exactly that fear that vincent you know that charge of like if you do see a wild animal and you don't know what it's going to do that unpredictability and he's coming back and he's still coming down off of the the, the um adrenalized high of seeing that and us being completely dopey tourists like not having any clue 
And so now I don't remember the moment in the same way. I'm like, that was one of the scariest moments, even though in the moment I was completely euphoric and excited. And now I'm like, oh no, that was so deeply scary when I reflect on it, because like what happens if that wild animal turned around and said, I'm not going to chase these deer antelope who are so fast and get away from me. I'm going to chase this buffet of humans who've just rolled up to where I'm stalking. Um, I might just turn around and eat them. And that's a feeling that I think Michael Mann movies and some of these great thrillers have mm. of like, you are just stumbling upon this, this predatory force and you, you kind of can't help but have those physical reactions. We'll be right back after this quick break. sort of like Jamie Foxx has a jaguar in the back of his car his but he car, doesn't realize yeah. it until you know it's too late and mm-hmm. it's like he doesn't realize what danger he's in and and what danger Jada Pinkett Smith is in and and all of that so and 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 it's that like dawning horror that is yeah. you know what makes it well Jada um, Pink Jada Pinkett's the cougar in the back of his car oh <laughs> zing <laughs> I do love like she's she's sort of like relegated to a horror movie girl role at the end of the film when it yes. kind of fully turns in, in the office building and everything. But I love the way she plays giving her number to Max um, at the car window and specifically mm. how she sort of delivers her few lines and then so coolly immediately exits. There's something about the pacing of that interaction that is like. Uh, properly flirtatious, but also just really enviable in terms of like, I feel like a regular person had that happen outside of the magic of the movies would like stumble on the curb or yeah, yeah. for like eight more minutes and the person's right. like, I gotta go, like <laughs> I'm still working or something. But she just has this perfect, like, you know, two line kind of exit. Um, one of the things I really love about the movie, that little moment. I'll, I'll use your phrase, Veronica. Um, I really like Jada Pinkett Smith in movies um and and other than the weirdness that surrounds her personal life outside of that but i genuinely think this is her best performance because it was someone who actually gave her someone who gave her a meaty performance that has depth that allows you to you know there's nothing wrong with getting a horror movie role but it's about the depth that Mm -hmm. you create to actually care about that person at the beginning and i think that that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing that you get her you get her personality you get her ambition you get her fragility, you get her focus, and then it's mm, like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to move on to the next thing. But all of that other lead-up stuff is so vital to how important her character is that you're like, oh, okay, like, it, it it goes beyond that other stuff. And it's the same with Max, you know, it's everything. And, and yeah. Vincent, and the weird feelings you feel of, like, he makes him get his mum flowers and the politeness and all of that cordiality. No, you've got to do this as your mother. It's your sick mother. You know, you know, you, this is your yeah. night. If you mess this up, you're, you know, obviously it's so selfish. It's if you mess this night up, you're going to mess it up for me and people are going to know that you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's all those like weird conflicting moments when she's absolutely outstanding in that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone the other night who was like talking about how this was probably one of her most like grounded, like real world yes. roles. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't actually thought about that. They were like, maybe this and set it off. Set it off. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, she's always like in the Matrix or like she's in Demon Knight, right? And like she's, in, she's more like heightened stuff. 
Although maybe early on, wasn't she in a movie with um, Tupac? Anyway, but yeah, this is like one of her most like grounded, like real world roles, which I think it, it's nice to see her in that zone and just like having, you know, and, and kind of it's interesting because now I'm thinking uh, per our conversation, which started off this this episode, you know, Trudy and Tubbs. And like, I think that she and Jamie also have this like a very like cool adult normal chemistry uh like you kind of you said like she's very cool the way she gives him her number and, mm -hmm. and obviously it's movie magic but it's like it's very sort of like nice and normal and mm -hmm. and a, a lovely interaction that feels of the world or aspirational in a way but it's not heightened it's just like very um normal adult human relationships which i think Michael Mann does not get enough credit for mm. for showing that. I think people are like, oh, they're just dude movies. And it's like, no, he actually has like cool adult women with agency in his movies. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the chemistry between them, I totally agree. And it's a nice break from having to like pretend to buy that Jamie Foxx is this like nerdy guy. Like, I don't <laughs> care what kind of like rimless glasses you put on him. <laughs> like you can't contain his appeal and his kind of like confidence which i think is part of why it's so satisfying to see him like rise to the occasion when he has to have the confrontation with felix and it's it's sort of drawn out like he's gonna fuck this up he doesn't know what he's gonna say and then to have him kind of <clears throat> coolly like produce this total competency is like yes it's awesome i think that is a really fun scene when you see him transition oh, from yeah. my, oh, um, my god you know, from like, whoa, what's going on here? No, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. So like, it's so ridiculous. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm Vincent. You know, it's like, it's so fun. To, like, I love that we get to see that actually yeah. happen. Um, but because I, I, I think Man is obviously very aware of the fact that he's the coolest guy in the world and he's playing a nerd. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, but this is what you said before. <laughs> Veronica, which I love, which is like, this is a charisma industry, you know, with your friends. Cause I, you said that I've like, I've got a couple of friends where I'm like, she's not, she's flirting. So in Australia, we don't have tips. Like there's not like mm. a tip culture as much. So mm -hmm. you do get like a lot of those classic. Um, I like to describe all wait staff in Australia as the lady who is operating the hotel in no country for old men. Okay. <laughs> like that, that's their vibe. It's like, <laughs> It's got two double beds. Like they just don't give a <laughs> shit at whether you are having yeah. a good time or not. Or like maybe in high, le higher level restaurants where tips are something that happens more frequently, but on the standard, it's like that very basic thing. But I love that so much. And it plays into that fact, that transformation element with Felix is that he doesn't give her his number. Like mm -hmm. he's like blown away. And I think we are, and we're happy. Like we're like, that she's like, oh, here's my number. Like, mm -hmm. whoa, I've had a thousand of these conversations with very attractive people and I've turned the charm on or whatever and it just never happens. And then she gives him the number and he's like, whoa, like this formidable, attractive, charming person. Like we had something, there was something there. It's not just the thing that just like the postcard that he's going to remember. Mm -hmm. He actually gets the totem, you know, or the, 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 the little icon of like, that was mm -hmm. a great, the badge. That was a great interaction yeah. because she gave me the number. So, um, it really, it's his how do you like them apples moment it is it's exactly <laughs> how do you like this cab ride um but i love yeah. the feel i love the felix i love the felix moment 
Tell me, Vincent. Tell me what you think. <clears throat> what? What did you say? I said, I think you should tell the guy behind me to put his gun away before I take it and beat his bitch ass to death with it. I picked up a tail. Federal? I don't know. You tell me. That's why I tossed the list. The workups, all of that shit to protect, in part, your Hermes Fasanabla ass. What do you think I like coming in here? But hey, shit happens. Gotta roll with it, adapt, Darwin, I Ching. Hustle. The fat man, the penthouse guy, the jazz man. At least two. Can you finish? In six years. When have I not? It's so good. And then it's like the film acts like it knows how great it is too because yes. the camera like moves almost yes. in response to what he's just said um and i love when the film like registers in a formal way that there's been this kind of tone shift within the action of the scene so that um that sense of surprise that we might be experiencing that's totally pleasurable is like emphasized in a way stylistically at the same time so cool yes Yes. And there's a great sliding doors moment too, right at the beginning, because you forget that Vincent's already been inside to get Annie. Right. And he's missed her right in that moment. So in that beautiful right. heightened moment, he's missed her. They've walked the sliding doors of like, he's been stalking at her office. He misses her. And then he jumps in the cab. And there's that great thing of like, and the entire energy of like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, come on, man. Come on, man. Come with me. You know, he calls him back. You know, mm -hmm. she she calls him back to give him the number. He calls Vincent back to get in the cab. And then he's like, yep, 17 minutes. And then the whole, and then he's being courted by Vincent and the courtship has started. And it's like, oh, this is playful. This is what, and exactly as you said, the entire very passive, calm, uh, formal quality, both in music choices and those beautiful overhead shots of the cab, just, you know, the piece that's happening. It's all a trick until the body mm -hmm. falls on the car and then the formal uh, the, the formal language of the movie shifts. Dynamic, these really, you know, claustrophobic, fearful shots, tension, you know, tied to steering wheels and all that sort of stuff is, it becomes the language of the movie until much, much later. And that's the tipping point where, where Max is allowed out of the car to pretend he's Vincent. Yeah, it's so smart. I mean, it's like easy to miss, I think, that that's yes. kind of the opening gambit is that there's this like near miss happening. Um, but I think the movie like brings back that sense of like time and space continuity being kind of like fucked with in a really fatal way 
when we get, um, what is his name? Ray Fanning, the Mark Ruffalo character, when he gets shot, because as yeah. we're exiting the club in all of that kind of melee, it really seems like Fanning and Max are ahead of Vincent, right? Yeah. And then to be surprised by the fact that Vincent is actually already somehow outside and that he's going to shoot him from in front instead of behind is just like, um, it it's it's so good. Like, it's so good. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen the film. It's always a kind of surprise. And it's so simple because it's just like changing the order of who is where, when. Mm -hmm, yes. Fanning, mm -hmm. I'm so glad we finally got to Fanning. <laughs> in, in anyone else's hands, I think that um, uh, Fanning would survive. But there is a bleakness mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. him dying mm -hmm. and you're like no wait he's gonna live or something mm -hmm. and like i think that it does the the it, it works with the morality and the darkness and the bleakness of the film mm -hmm. even though you know we win you know the good guy wins at the end like there's still such a like noir element of like this world is rotten totally and bad and, totally um bad people get away with bad things um that you have to have you know you have to sacrifice the beautiful fanning oh so beautiful so beautiful <laughs> i mean i just feel like a cab but when a cab <laughs> except for mark except for mark ruffalo in collateral and in the cut and zodiac <laughs> yeah and zodiac. Oh, zodiac i know yeah and in a lot of shutter island for fake but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. It's yeah. it's that's the fun thing of following Veronica on socials is like you, I I knew she was preparing for this and then went down a fanning rabbit hole because it's like oh there's <laughs> yeah. in the cup pops up and then she's like yeah oh, also shut it on and I'm like yeah. someone got yeah, I saw some, you someone were got, watching someone got fanning someone got fanning <laughs> someone yeah. got ruffled um and I was like oh I gotta rewatch rewatch Shutter Island yeah. <laughs> so good yeah he's he's that you, you're so right about that like. And also there's a, um, that's a great genre lie of like that one guy, yeah. you know, who has figured it out before yeah. everyone else that this is a, a hitman scam who's doing this sort of stuff and he can figure it out and he's yeah. going to be the one guy and maybe he's going to have that romantic at worst, he's going to slip through his fingers in some capacity and like, he's going to know, and it's going to, it's going to make him the main character and the movie, like Michael Mann's like, no, that's not what this is. Yeah. And I mean, there is something going back to Hopper and Speed, like there's a potentially progressive political reading of that where, you know, in this film, like being affiliated with the police is not the place to be right. It's not the place right. to like have the right hunch about who should be believed, um, despite the sort of like physical evidence it seems like they're putting together. Um, mm -hmm. And for him to be eliminated, I mean, there's something... Yeah, like really tragic about it, but also I think meaningful in terms of what it says about like the institution to which he belongs and what he represents. Yeah. I love I love this reading of of the Hopper character in Speed and and I'm realizing that we need to have a double feature of Collateral and Speed and I'm going to throw in the triple feature Strange Days. Oh yeah. yeah. Which totally. also really fascinating, um, you know, like Speed is two years after the LA riots, mm -hmm. Days is three years after the LA riots and very much informed by Bigelow's experience with that and, um, and, and 
sort of losing faith with the police. And, you know, I think man is, is as someone who makes a lot of like cops and robbers movies, I think he's very mm -hmm. skeptical of, of those institutions as well. So it's like interesting to see through popular entertainment and through like popular genre entertainment, these auteurs wrestling with policing. Totally. And especially the LAPD specifically. So, um, which is like a long, a long history mm -hmm. of, you know, corruption and everything. So I'm going to throw one more option into that great features okay. and just say, I'm an editor judgment day. Like, oh, yes, yeah. like, yes. Like, like I remember someone being like, you know, someone making an observation in 23, like, huh? Like was James Cameron trying to say something about police that like there's a white trustworthy police officer is the villain in in yes, 1992's yeah. la set terminated film and james cameron's like yeah like he wore the unit guys i don't know what to tell you it, the a car pulls up at the beginning it says to protect and serve and then that's right. the villain of the entire yeah. movie it's like i i don't know how much more explicit i had yeah. to be while being implicit but that's the and whole he's thing a robot. he's a robot <laughs> yeah. A, um, a psychopathic robot <laughs> killer. Yes. And Cameron and Bigelow married at that time were clearly, mm. well, not that when he made Terminator 2, he was married to Gail and her, yeah. but yes. you know, clearly they had some stuff to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Reading the same <laughs> books maybe. And yeah. he, and, and he also produced Strange Days. So, you know, they, they were, they were on the same page there. Um, anyway, this, I can't wait for this, uh, programming series that we're going to do American somewhere Cin somehow. American Cinematheque, let's get it on. I know, but um, Veronica, always lovely to have you on. So and great. I oh just could gosh. talk to you for another hour about everything. So thank you for coming back. This was amazing. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. It's like such a thrill to talk about my all my favorite movies. <laughs> yes, yes. You are, you are totally allowed any time back. We're looking forward to um, secretly auditing all of your classes or just demanding that you send us the, I'll send the, you the, the Zoom links. Send us the Zoom links. You'll just yeah. see just see Katie and I pop in being like this and they're like, who are these two? Yeah. Why does he have who an Australian accent? Why do two 40-year-old? Why do two people have the camera on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing when you're teaching kids is there's like no camera, no camera yeah. in those Zoom chats. But yeah. um, we'll have the camera cameras on to order the class now and then um and and yeah thank you so much it's so great and uh again can you just quickly promo where people best place to find you and to follow you and and sometimes to realize that you're on your a ruffalo rabbit hole because uh that's yeah. that's what i'm enjoying following you along oh thank you well for now you can still find me on twitter at gudo mako um and then i'm also affiliated at least with the twitter account the BD bwdr podcast Excellent. Oh, I don't really tweet from there, but you know. <laughs> if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.